Radio as the founders intended. Mojo Five O. You have just entered the Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. And now, here he is, author of the book, Progress Really? U.S. Navy veteran and your host, Peter Seraphine. Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse, my fellow patriots and freedom fighters. Welcome to this, uh, well, interesting episode of the Liberty Lighthouse. We have all spent the last week wondering about who's going to be our next president. We've all heard nothing on the news except for electoral votes and this and that, all about the presidency and maybe a little about the House and the Senate, but all about the the people involved with the last election. But believe it or not, there was more than just elected offices on the ballot on Tuesday. There was a whole, a whole lot more, actually. We had, had a, a public referendums and, and ballot initiatives on, well, on drugs, on taxes, on abortion, on guns, on voting, on gambling, on all of the really big issues in life. So that's what we're going to do today, tonight, in the Liberty Lighthouse. We're going to look at some of the other ballot initiatives across this great nation of ours. And some of them might surprise you, and some of them you're going to go, oh, wow, big surprise there. Um, So yeah, that's what we're going to look at. And with that, let's just jump in. You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse. Join the conversation now. Call or text 64-MY-RIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. That's right. Please call or text 64-MY-RIGHTS with your questions, comments, and concerns. If you leave me voice messages, I will use them on future episodes. So please call. Hear yourself on the radio. It's fun, I promise. Um, I think we need to start this week with a congratulations. I believe the winner of the war on drugs has been determined, and congratulations are due. little history here. The war on drugs in the United States of America began in June of 1971 when President Richard Milhouse Nixon declared the war on drugs and, and declared that drug abuse was public enemy number one. In all of those years since then, the year before I was born, by the way, so in the last 48 years, countless millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, has been spent on the war on drugs. But I think it's now time to declare that, well, drugs have won that war. Why do I say that? Do I say that simply because the number of people dying from drug overdoses has increased and is now at like an all-time high? No. Why I say that is because, well, four more states in the last election just this week 
four more states legalized marijuana. That's uh, Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota have all completely legalized marijuana. That, that means there are now 15 states of the United States that have completely legalized marijuana. And Mississippi legalized the medical use of marijuana. And there are now only seven states left where marijuana is still completely illegal. 28 states have either decriminalized it or allowed for medical use or the combination of those two. But that's not all. Marijuana is not the only drug that is winning right now. In Oregon, the ballot measure taken this last week was that, uh, well, all drugs have been decriminalized down to you know, class F felonies or something like that. Um, basically, the worst thing that can happen to you if you get caught with illegal drugs in the state of Oregon now is a $100 fine, a maximum of a $100 fine, presuming that you're not caught with enough that it looks like you're selling them. And Oregon also legalized the uh, magic mushrooms for use in therapy sessions. Hmm. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say now the war on drugs is over and drugs have won. I don't know really what else to say about that. There's a couple other ballot initiatives. There's some funny ones, ones that really don't mean a whole lot to most people, but probably do to the people in those particular states or cities. Um, my favorite, I think, was probably uh, in Denver, where as of uh, this past election, pit bulls are no longer going to be illegal. Apparently, for the last 30 years, uh, in the, the uh, city of Denver, pit bulls were illegal to have as pets. And that, that uh, has been removed. So you can have a pit bull shortly. Soon you'll be able to have a pit bull in Denver. Uh, another one that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. Uh, in Mississippi, they have voted to replace the state flag. The current Mississippi state flag contains the Stars and Bars Confederate battle flag. And they have decided to replace the state flag with a flag that's got a big magnolia in the in the center of it. So, I, I know that can be controversial to some people, whether or not the stars and bars is is history or hate or uh, heritage, whether or not it should be displayed anymore. Honestly, I I, I don't personally care one way or another. I don't. But you know. Something on a personal note before we get too far along here. Um, I, I told you in the last few episodes that I have become a fan of the Constitution Party here in the United States. And for the first time ever, I am registered to a party now. I am no longer an independent voter. I am now officially registered as a constitutionalist, a member of the Constitution Party. And also, for the first time ever, I gave money to a political party. I know, right? I'm cheap. I don't like to give up money. I gave money to a political party. That should be a clue as to how much I really believe in this political party. 
or at least how much I believe in their platform, that's, uh, that, that actually made me go wow myself when I sat down and did that this morning. <sighs> I guess that's enough of the personal stuff. So moving on. Ballot initiatives, ballot measures taken in the, uh, the last election. Well, Alaska had a, a few fail that are interesting. One, they were going to go to a ranked choice open primaries, but that ballot initiative failed. And they were also going to increase f- the uh, fuel production tax in Alaska, but that one also failed. Ranked choice voting in primaries is an interesting concept. The idea is it's an open primary, meaning anybody can vote for a primary uh, run or a primary election without having to be registered to a specific party. And uh, what ranked choice voting is, is is you go in and you say, uh, you know, this is my first choice, this is my second choice, and this is my third choice, and then you know the magic of numbers and they consolidate them all and they come up with who wins the primary based on everybody's rank choice scale sliding score thing i don't know i live in pennsylvania we have closed primaries unless you're registered as a democrat or a republican you can't vote in primaries at all so i will not be voting in primaries not that i ever have been available to uh, to vote in primaries anyway talking about other stuff on public ballot measures. Florida decided that they were going to raise the state minimum wage to $15 an hour. Now, if you've been listening to the Liberty Lighthouse from the beginning, you know about a year ago when one of my first episodes, one of the first, I don't know, 10 episodes that I did, I spent the whole show talking about why $15 minimum wage at a federal level was a terrible, terrible idea. But at the state level, it might not be so bad. But here's the thing. I was in Florida when I got my first job as a high school kid. And I have to think back, like, if I had made a, quote, living wage, if I had made $15 an hour flipping burgers at Wendy's like I was doing when I was in high school, Man, that would have been a lot of money to me in high school. I still don't think this is a good idea. But at least it's being done at a state level and not the federal level. The minimum wage in Florida right now is $8.56. In September, it will go to $10. And then each year thereafter, it will increase by a dollar until in 2026, they reach the $15 threshold that they're looking for. Uh, state-specific, um, what, one of the things I've found interesting is Alabama had six constitutional amendments on their ballot this time around. Five of the six look like they have passed. We're going to get into specifics of most of them. Um, one of the ones was uh, uh, calling out the fact that you have to be a citizen to vote. They num- Another one was to, uh, to restructure the ju- the judiciary, that's the one that failed. There was another amendment proposal defining how judicial vacancies will be filled. That one passed. Another one to recompile the state constitution and put it back up for 
new um, uh, confirmation, and that passed. Apparently, it's really easy to get amendments on the Constitution in Alabama if they've got six of them this time around. So I'm guessing they have a crap ton of them, and it's not making a whole lot of sense. So they're going to try to recompile and consolidate it would be my guess. And then uh, the fifth and sixth constitutional amendments on the ballot in Alabama were interesting to me because they were both stand-your-ground laws for two specific counties and specifically in churches. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. But let's stay with individual states for a minute before we get to the bigger overarching stuff. Um, Virginia has come up with a redistricting plan to draw their congressional boundaries and such with a private-public partnership, which is probably a really good idea. It takes legislatures and pairs them with uh, private sector people to draw their district lines. So I'm hoping, for their sake, that that cuts down on the gerrymandering, and I'm sure that's the intention of it. Uh, Arkansas instituted term limits for their legislature. Their legislature can now only serve for 12 consecutive years. And after the 12th year, they must take at least a four-year break before they can run again. Interesting, I thought. Um, hmm. Why don't we talk about suffrage first? What do you think about that? The right to vote and voting rights and voting laws. Some funny stuff here. The funny one, I think, is that California voted to give voting rights back to felons that are on parole. Can you believe that? I'm all for giving the voting right back to anybody who has completely finished their punishment all the way through to the end. They've paid all their restitutions and reparations and whatever they've got to pay and they've done their parole and they've done their time in jail and once they're done okay give them their voting rights back they've paid their debt to society but if they're still on parole they're still in the process of paying that debt back i don't know that they should get the right to vote back yet but in california they just did (sighs) what are you going to do also interesting to me that in the world of suffrage, in the world of voting rights, three states found it necessary to specify that the right to vote is granted to citizens of 18 years of age and older. Why on earth would states have to specify citizens? Well, why not? Because it's obvious that the progressive part of our world, the, the progressive movement is trying to expand the right to vote to include anybody who happens to have feet on the ground in, in the United States. So these three states, uh, Colorado, Florida, and Alabama, passed referendums, initiatives, and, and amendments to specify that you must be a citizen to vote in that state. Interesting. Also, sort of in the world of voting, Colorado 
has joined the national popular vote interstate compact. There's another topic that I talked about in past episodes of the Liberty Lighthouse. If you're not familiar with the NPV, the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, it is an agreement between states to give their electoral votes to the winner of the national popular vote. Uh, So now Colorado's nine electoral votes will go to the winner of the national popular vote once the interstate compact has the 270 required to elect a president then the agreement kicks in and all of those states do it and basically the electoral college becomes moot and obsolete this is a end run this is a progressive movement run around away from the electoral college and it's a horrible horrible thing and it is not going to fix the problems that the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact is trying to fix. Uh, maybe I'll do that episode again, talk about the details of why it's the bad, bad idea. Uh, you know what? Before we move on, let's talk about, uh, I don't know, the, how about the Hunter's Warehouse here my sponsor at the Liberty Lighthouse. This Second Amendment moment is brought to you by Hunter's Warehouse at 130 West High Street in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania. When the government was closing businesses, Hunter's Warehouse was open. When ammunition was out of stock everywhere, including online, Hunter's Warehouse had it. With thousands of firearms and truckloads of ammunition in stock, no wonder people drive for hours to visit Hunter's Warehouse. Go to hunterswarehouse.net for all of your Second Amendment needs. And since we just had an ad for our Second Amendment needs to be fulfilled by Hunter's Warehouse, why don't we talk about guns and what referendum and ballot measures passed this time around regarding your guns? Well, I already mentioned the the, uh, two amendments to the Alabama Constitution. The stand-your-ground laws, two different counties will now be specified as having stand-your-ground laws in churches in that state. I don't understand why they're doing it the way they're doing it. I understand stand-your-ground laws. Um, I'm okay with stand-your-ground laws, but they are doing it county by county and and specifically calling out churches for some reason. But, hey, anything that is is pro-Second Amendment is okay with me. And Montana, Montana hasn't quite reported on this yet, at least uh, at the time of this recording. This this ballot initiative has not yet passed, but it does look like it's going to pass. They are removing the right of local governments to regulate carrying of a firearm, whether it's concealed carry or open carry, whatever, they're, they're taking away the right of local and county governments to, to regulate this and stating that it, it stays at the state level only. And I can, I'm not sure. I, I think I like that. It sounds good in, in theory, um, but I'm not quite sure. Here in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia actually is allowed to write their own gun laws and 
their concealed carry rules are very different than the rest of the state. And all their, or no, wait, they're open carry. You're not allowed to open carry in Philadelphia, but you are in the rest of the state. I don't know. Anyway, Philadelphia is really the only one that has that right to change the laws as drastically as they do. So I'm not sure how I feel about this. I think maybe it's a good thing that at the state level, they control it, fewer hands in the pot, less confusing, not going to get yourself in trouble moving from town to town with your weapons. So, I don't know, just interesting. Lots of lots of things are interesting, aren't they? Okay, let's see. Moving on, another fun and exciting topic. Another one that is extremely controversial. Abortion. Abortion had two ballot initiatives to uh, to note. One was in Colorado. Colorado had a ballot initiative out there to ban abortions after 22 weeks of pregnancy. And that ballot initiative failed. So I think that's a terrible thing. There should be, at the very least, there should be a line at some point where you can't do it anymore. But Colorado residents apparently don't think that. Uh, One that is positive, interesting, I think a great idea. Louisiana has passed an amendment to the Louisiana State Constitution to specifically call out that there is nothing in the Louisiana State Constitution that protects the right to have an abortion. Hmm. That's an interesting way of going about it. Rather than saying that, no, you can't have an abortion, or yes, you can have an abortion, they've made it so that their state constitution specifically says that it is not a right granted or protected by the state constitution. thought that was interesting. And for those of you that missed the uh, episode last week where I compared the Libertarian Party to the Constitution Party, if abortion is an important issue to you, you should go back and listen to that because that is one of the places where there is a dramatic difference between Libertarian and Constitutionalist. The party platforms on on this issue could not be more different. And you might not be as libertarian as you think you are after you listen to that show. So I please go back and re- listen to la- last week if you didn't listen to it. Um, there's some important stuff in there about those two parties. There's a lot of overlap with them, but there are some very, very stark differences and abortion rights, the, the, the stance on abortion that the Libertarian Party and the Constitution Party take could not be more different. They're drastically, drastically different philosophies. So, let's see. Oh, my goodness. i got like a minute and a half left tops. Ah, what can I do in a minute and a half? I did that. I did that. I got taxes. That's a pretty big one. I don't have time for that. Gaming. How about gaming? Gambling. There's been a bunch of gambling rule changes from state to state as well. Uh, Sports gambling will now be allowed in Maryland, Louisiana, and South Dakota. 
that was passed in this past week, this past election. Nebraska and Virginia have both allowed for their first casinos. And Colorado has expanded the gaming allowed under their laws. So gambling is expanding in one, two, three, four, five, six states in our union as of this past week. That's that's a big expansion on, well, on a vice. And like it or not, gamble or not, it's a vice. And I'm not sure how I feel about the government making it so easy and so prevalent. And I don't know about your state, but here in Pennsylvania... Oh, that's going to have to wait until we come back. Break time. See you in two minutes. You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio. I'm Peter Serafine, and here are your headlines for Saturday, November 7th. The two men arrested outside the convention center in Pennsylvania where votes are being counted were there to deliver a truckload of fake ballots. Also in Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court has ordered ballots arriving after November 3rd be segregated. A similar order from a lower court was apparently being ignored. Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, tested positive for COVID-19, along with five of the World Series champion L.A. Dodgers, and MSNBC personality Rachel Maddow self-isolating after she came in contact with someone with the disease. About 40,000 ballots were delivered Thursday after the Postal Service completed a court-ordered sweep of processing facilities. The RNC has assembled legal teams in four states over election irregularities, and citizens in 29 states voted on about 120 ballot measures this week. More on those tonight in the Liberty Lighthouse at 8 p.m. on Mojo 50 Radio. Hi, I'm Peter Serafine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. I got my start in politics when I got so frustrated with progressive society that I wrote a short book. Progress? Really? My book is a quick look at the past, current, and future state of progressive culture and progressive government. I urge every liberty-loving American to read Progress Really. Pick up your copy for less than $5 by clicking the Books tab at liberty-lighthouse.com. The most powerful gathering of freedom fundamentalists since Philadelphia in 1776. Mojo Five O. Here he is again. A guy who thinks because he smokes cigars and drinks scotch that he's refined. Welcome back to the Liberty Lighthouse. In case you're just joining us, I am Peter Serafine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. And we have been talking about ballot measures, ballot initiatives, propositions, amendment proposals, all of the things that were voted on in uh, like 29 different states on November 3rd. All of the things other than the presidential candidates and the Senate candidates and the House candidates and your local candidates, all of the things that most people don't really pay any attention to. So I thought maybe we should pay attention to them here in the Liberty Lighthouse. So. Where were we? I think I was going to taxes next. In the world of taxes, ballot initiatives regarding taxes from this past week. Well, Arizona raised their top income tax bracket on, well, basically rich people. Anybody who makes $250,000 a year or more 
that raised their top income bracket. Now, a lot of people would say, soak the rich. Make the rich pay their fair share. Yeah, raise their taxes. Woohoo! But they raised it a lot. They went from 3.5% tax rate to 8% tax rate. They more than doubled the taxes for anybody making more than $250,000 in the state of Arizona. How many of those people making more than $250,000 do you think are going to live in Arizona by this time next year? Because I know if you doubled my tax rate, I'd be looking to, to leave. Especially if uh, federal taxes go up too. I'd be out. Peace. See ya. Colorado has a couple of interesting ones. Uh, the easiest one is they created a new tax on uh, on vapes, on, on you know electronic cigarettes. And they increased the sales tax on tobacco products. Yeah, everybody seems to be doing that. It happens all the time. But the interesting one in Colorado to me was something that actually lowered their income tax rate in the state of Colorado. See, Colorado has a taxpayer bill of rights. And because of that taxpayer bill of rights, when they ended the year with a $428 million surplus, well, the taxpayer bill of rights kicked in and uh, triggered a refund and an automatic tax decrease. So Colorado's income tax rate is going to drop from 4.63% to 4.55% because of this taxpayer bill of rights. That seems like a pretty cool thing if you ask me. Maybe we should all have a taxpayer bill of rights. Yeah, but I'm surprised that the people of Colorado, the legislatures of Colorado, hasn't just decided to always spend all the money no matter what so that they never have to deal with that. Uh, other ones, there's a lot, actually, of these things. When I started looking, there's roughly 120 ballot measures in 29 different states. That's a lot of stuff that was put forth for public referendum in the last week. And I won't get to all of them. I'm not sure how many I'm going to get to, and I'm not sure how interested you are. But I am. I think it's interesting. I think we should all pay attention to what's going on in other states because often what's going on in other states is an indicator of what's going to be going on in your state in the future. At the beginning of the show, I talked about how uh, 15 states have now fully legalized marijuana. You remember how much news coverage it got when Colorado did that? I think they were the first. And then you know, another state here and there, and it kind of fell out of the news. And nobody really pays attention, but now there are 15 of them. So uh, it's always a good idea. It's like a bellwether. Pay attention to what's going on in other states because it might affect you. The state of Kentucky, well, they just had a constitutional amendment approved that adds victim rights to their constitution. Interesting. That would be uh, important to know how that's worded, because some victim rights are great and some not so great. All depends on how they're made. Michigan has passed uh, uh, an initiative that now a warrant is required for electronic data. I'm surprised. 
surprised that that hadn't been done already. But it's there now. Uh, Oregon talked about Oregon a little bit earlier, where Oregon has decided to decriminalize all drugs and the worst penalty that can possibly happen to you if you get caught with with a personal consumption amount of drugs on you, well, it's the worst penalty is a hundred bucks, a hundred dollar fine for having meth or crack or cocaine or whatever else. Well, they have decided to use the marijuana tax money in Oregon to help fund drug treatment centers and drug treatment plans. That sounds like a pretty good idea. It sounds reasonable. I mean, if you're going to have legalized marijuana and you're going to tax it, why not use it for drug treatment? But I don't know. With, with Colorado being the first to legalize marijuana and now, you know, however many years later, Oregon basically legalizing all drugs, that's a very libertarian thing, but it's also a bit of a slippery slope. At what point is it has it gone too far? That's progress is progress. And you can call it progress all you want, but at some point it bends the curve and it's not progress anymore. A Utah amendment has removed slavery and indentured servitude as legal punishments in the state of Utah. Yeah. So, um, slavery was outlawed in the United States. Uh, let's see, the last place that read it was 1865. And now in 2020, Utah is finally removing it from their constitution. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny one. Had to put it down. Uh, I think I mentioned that California has decided to classify gig workers as uh, as contractors instead of employees. That was a big deal for quite a while, for months. The California legislature was attempting to make Uber and Lyft and all of those places classify those drivers as employees and therefore require those companies to withhold taxes and pay their part of employee taxes as well as provide benefits and all of those kinds of things. And, uh, well, it went to the public referendum proposition and the people of California said, no, keep them as gig workers, let them do what they do. I personally, I think that's a good thing. You may have a different opinion. I mean, there's legitimate arguments to both sides of this. But uh, California's uh, Proposition 24 expanded their data privacy laws. So that's the second one we've seen about data privacy. You think maybe data privacy is important? I mean, do you really read all of those terms and conditions for every app you download, every website you visit? Of course not. That's just crazy. Nobody does that. And even if you did read it, would you really understand it? I'm pretty confident I wouldn't understand very much of them. They're insanely long. And with that, let's take a sponsor break because, uh, well, I just need a breath. What do you need? I mean, really need to protect yourself and your family. A home security system? 
a big scary dog, a gun. If you're committed to protecting your family, and we know you are, even a reliable firearm falls short of what you need. To keep your loved ones safe today, tomorrow, and every day, you need access to life-saving resources that will help you survive any threat and the legal battle that comes after. That's why the USCCA gives law-abiding people like you the self-defense training, knowledge, and legal protection they need to help ensure the safety of their family and future. Discover what the United States Concealed Carry Association can do for you and your family by visiting uscca.com slash mojo uscca we've talked about them we all talk about them here on the mojo 50 radio network united states concealed carry association if you carry or open carry concealed carry i don't care if you carry a weapon on you or if you even own a weapon the united states concealed carry Association is something that you should really look into, especially given the uh, political climate of the day. I mean, if the McCloskeys can be charged with a crime for standing in front of their own house on their own property and holding a weapon, imagine what kind of trouble you would be in. God forbid you have to use your weapon. It's sad, sad state of affairs when you have to think about this that much. Let's see, moving back on to initiatives and propositions and such. Colorado established FMLA, Family Medical Leave of Absence. I thought that was a federal thing. I don't know why they had to do it at the state level, but hey, they did it. Nebraska decided to cap payday loans at 36% interest. 36%. How is that not usury? At what point can you charge these people with usury? I mean, here in my home state of Pennsylvania, I I did a loan to somebody once, and I wrote it up with a promissory agreement, and I looked into the laws and all that kind of stuff, and 10% annual was the highest I was allowed to charge. And here in in, uh, Nebraska, they just capped it at 36% percent for payday loans oh my god that is taking advantage of the poor badly i mean let's be honest it's those that don't have a whole lot of money are the ones who use payday loan places they 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 use the payday lenders so if you're already poor and you take out a payday loan and then you now have to pay 36% interest on it, you're not getting ahead. Man, listen to Mr. Doug Ramsey and get some financial sense about you because I'm pretty sure there's no time ever when a 36% interest rate loan is a good idea. And I mean, like, never. Uh, Also in Nebraska, the TIF, T-I-F, repeat, repayment plan was extended to 20 years. Uh, TIF was a a finance program for uh, urban revitalization type projects. And they have made it so that those those loans, you now have 20 years to pay them back. So cool. That's probably a good thing. I mean, 
you get more people involved in rebuilding the places you want to rebuild. Got to make it useful. Got to make it easy to get the money. Got to make it relatively risk-free. And a 20-year repayment, that's pretty good if you ask me. Washington State, well, they voted to keep a tax on single-use plastic bags. So they tax your grocery bags. And the people of Washington has decided to keep that tax when they were given the option to get rid of it. I don't know how often people vote to keep a tax, but they did it. Speaking of those plastic bags, you know, I'm old enough to remember when those plastic bags were going to save the rainforests. Those plastic bags replaced the paper grocery bags, and those paper grocery bags were supposedly responsible for, it wasn't global warming back then, what was it, the next ice age, I think? Those paper bags were being harvested from trees in the rainforest. So paper grocery bags were being blamed for rainforest deforestation and, at the time, you know, the, the coming ice age. And, pa- and the plastic bags came along, and the plastic bags were going to save the planet. And now, the plastic bags are evil. And we're all supposed to use reusable bags. How long before those reusable bags are evil? I mean, come on, let's look back. Our government switches their mind about freaking everything so often, it's it's ridiculous. Do you remember the the, the TV commercials when I was a kid watching, like, Schoolhouse Rock? There was the Have a Heaping Hunk of Cheese commercial and the Incredible Edible Egg commercial. Well, the incredible edible egg, they came around later and said, oh, no, it's it's too much cholesterol. You can't do that. Uh, Only eat the egg whites. Egg yolks are too much cholesterol. Then they came out later and said, yeah, but it's a lot of it's the good kind of cholesterol. uh, Well, now it's eggs are okay, but, you know, use them in moderation, whatever. Same thing with cheese. I mean, have a heaping hunk of cheese. Well, that was supposed to be the healthy alternative to junk food. And then now, well, cheese has got too much fat. You shouldn't eat that much cheese. Our government and all these little mostly unconstitutional departments that come up with these guidelines and recommendations, they can't keep their their rules straight. They change their mind all the freaking time. Is there any reason that there's so many of us out there that don't trust our government? I don't think there is. <sighs> Missouri and Virginia both voted to change their redistricting processes. So both states have, have done something in order to try to eliminate gerrymandering. No. I think that's a good idea. The idea of a public-private partnership where the uh, the legislature and public people or private people, private citizens, get together to draw those district lines. That's the Virginia proposal. It's what they did. They made this public-private partnership for drawing district lines for, for uh, electoral votes and all that kind of stuff. 
I think that's probably a good way to go. I did a show about gerrymandering a while back and talked about uh, Fair Districts PA, which is one organization trying to get gerrymandering away, make it go away. And I talked about different ways of doing that, whether it's uh, trying not to have district lines cross county lines or whether it's limit the number of angles and corners on the districts so you don't end up with those like L-shaped or like districts with a, a fist that reach out just to grab some little neighborhood. I haven't looked at my precinct maps of my little borough where I live, but I'm pretty sure I live in one of those little uh, gerrymandered outreaches of a district because there are two polling stations closer to me than the polling station I actually have to travel to to vote. And the only reason that that could happen that makes any sense to me is if it's a, a gerrymandered district. I should pull that map out and look one of these days and see if I can't figure that out. <sighs> anyway, um, I told you earlier in the show that uh, the Constitution Party, I told you that I registered as Constitution Party and that for the first time in my life I gave money to a political party. And, well, I'm... I want to spread the word of the Constitution Party. I want more and more of my libertarian friends to look into it because I think a lot of you really are constitutionalists, not libertarians. Um, and in looking at some of these ballot initiatives, some of the stuff that's going on in our country, the Constitution Party kind of seems like the right answer to put an end to some of this stuff. I mean, looking at our Constitution alone, our Constitution has been around for 200 years. It's the longest standing Republican, Repu you know, like Dem Democratic Republic, not Republican. Anyway, it's the longest standing uh, Constitution for a, a uh, constitutional republic ever. It's the Constitution that is the reason for the greatness of the United States. If you ask me, if you ask most constitutional scholars, I think if you ask most historians, that that would be the case. The Constitution is what made America great, and it's the Constitution that has the best chance of keeping America great. So I, uh, I'm thinking, I think I might do a series of Liberty Lighthouse episodes on the Constitution. That, I think it would be crazy interesting. You might not think that. So I really want to hear from you of whether or not you think it would be a good idea to spend my Liberty Lighthouse hour, well, reading and explaining the Constitution in, you know, one-hour segments for three, four, five, however many weeks it takes to get through the entire Constitution and explain it in everyman terms. You know, language that we can understand in 2020. I think it's a good idea. I'm sure other people have already done it, especially if you go search in YouTube. I'm, I'm sure that there are videos from Hillsdale College and places like that that have already done it. But I think I might do it too. But before I do that, I, I, I'd like some feedback. So please 
you know, message me in the chat room if you think it's a good idea or a bad idea, or call or text the 64 my rights phone number. Let me know what you think, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. I mean, it would be a lot of work for me, but I, I think it might be uh, educational for both you and I. And I don't want to go through it if you're not going to listen because you think it'll be too boring. So let me know what you think about that. Backtracking, there are a few things that I missed and one that I really want to get into uh, more. Uh, one of the things that I missed was Florida. They, uh, they had, well, they changed their veteran discount on property taxes. If, if you have a, uh, a combat disabled disability as a veteran in Florida, you get a discount on your property taxes uh, once you turn 65, I think, or something like that. Well, they've just changed the rules so that that discount passes on to your spouse now if you die up until that spouse either sells the house or moves out or whatever. So I think that's a good thing. Um, another one that I missed was, I, I think I missed it anyway, Arkansas has decided to continue a half of a percent sales tax that goes to infrastructure projects. Uh, so that's the second time, the second tax that we talked about that uh, um, people were given the opportunity to eliminate and they chose to keep it, which is interesting. And the very first thing that we talked about in this episode was how drugs have won the war on drugs. And I talked about the uh, 15 states that it's now legal for marijuana, seven only left where it is still fully illegal, and Oregon decriminalizing a whole bunch of drugs. But one that I missed, because I can't read my own handwriting and notes apparently, um, Washington, D.C., decriminalized enthogens, which enthogens are, well, they're, they're psychoactive plants and fungi. So magic mushrooms would probably be in the enthogen category. But what's interesting about that is the term itself, if you ask me. Enthogens are, they're the spiritual plants. These are the things that people take, like way back in the day, you know, the Native Americans would take it to have their spiritual uh, ceremonies. And and it's the, well, enthogen means God is with us. I have a problem with that on a, well, on a myriad of levels. For one, I'm, I don't think it's a good idea to be decriminalizing, well, any psychoactive drug if you ask me i think that's asking for trouble and just on the name of it the enthogen name god is with us that is so un-american that it just it just flies in the face of you know our god-given rights and the christian judeo-christian founding of our nation and now we're decriminalizing something that supposedly makes God with you. I think this is this is part of the core of what's going wrong in our country, to be honest. The, well, it's not even the falling away of Judeo-Christian values in government. It's the, the running away from 
Judeo-Christian values in our government. Our founding fathers, almost all of them, insisted that teaching the Bible was the first and foremost duty of churches in America. They insisted that it was the Judeo-Christian values that were needed to keep our republic. You know, Ben Franklin's famous saying when asked on the street, what kind of government have you given us? He said, a, a republic if you can keep it. We're not doing a great job keeping it right now, are we? And I think, I think the, uh, the turning away from the Judeo-Christian values is a huge part of it. I mean, the, the Ten Commandments being in our government buildings and in our, our uh, uh, oh, courthouses, my God, I couldn't think of the word courthouse, uh, is, goes back to the founding of our country. But yet, our progressive movement wants to get rid of the Ten Commandments and all references of God from all things government-related and then introduce anthogens so that God is with you when you take this psychoactive, psychodelic plant material. I think that that's a great visual representation of what's wrong with our nation today. I really do. <sighs> I don't know where to go here. That's all the... Uh, I think that's all the ones I had written down. I don't think I missed any more. We have, ooh, you know, about a minute left. So let's see. Go to the internet. If you're not already browsing the web while you listen, check out mojo50, mojo50.com to find all of the other show hosts that are far better than me. Uh, Rocky and, and the Riverfish over on Room 13 will be the newest show starting tomorrow. And I had a little Twitter compliment battle with them. Guys, I, I, I still think your show is better than mine, no matter what you say. So, uh, while you're on the internet and you're checking out Mojo Five O and checking out all of the other show hosts that are far better than the Liberty Lighthouse, also check out liberty-lighthouse.com. Maybe there's something there that might be interesting to you. Not going to tell you what's there because I'm in the process of trying to fix it up and make it even better. And let's see. Oh, the uh, Mojo50.com. Go back to Mojo50.com. Just forgot, just remembered, they got a new collector's Thanksgiving turkey edition coffee mug for your APR coffee. So go check that out. Uh, obviously, music got to go. Until Thanks for next listening week, to Liberty protect your liberties. What's that gone? There's no getting them back. Sure God bless America. Liberty-Lighthouse.com to download Peter's free ebook from the file share page. And don't forget to call or text 64MY-RIGHTS to leave comments for the show. That's 646-974-4487.